Welcome to In The Zone. I'm Chris Broussard, your host. I'm honored to have today's guest in, my man Sekou Smith. What's happening, brother? Yeah, man. Good to see Great you. Great to have you here. Covered the Indianapolis pa- or Indiana Pacers uh, in the city of Indianapolis. Covered the Atlanta Hawks as an NBA reporter. And now for the past several years has been with NBA TV and NBA.com. So very knowledgeable about the game of basketball. Might actually give me a little run for my money in the debate, uh, but you can determine that. But let's get right into it. LeBron, after last night's game, they went down 3-0. He made this strong comment about the Warriors. Before the series even started, we knew we was dealing with a, a set of, after we won the East Conference Finals that we're getting ready for a juggernaut. I mean, that's it's probably the most, uh, most firepower you know, I've played in my career. You know, I've played against some great teams, um, but I don't think no team has had this type of firepower. You know, so um, you know, even when you, even when you playing well, you got to play. You got to play like, you know, a plus plus. You know, because they're going to make runs and they're going to make shots and they got guys that's going to make plays. So, um, you know, we made enough plays tonight to still win the ball game, but they made a couple more. All right, Sekou, is this the best team LeBron James has ever faced? Yeah, look, I, I think if you look at the ages of the stars on this Warriors team, all these guys under 30 years old, it's different. It's a, it's a different animal than that 2014 Spurs team they dealt with where Kawhi was on the ascent. Tim Duncan, Manu, and Tony Parker were all at a later, later stage, really, in their careers. He hasn't really faced another superstar-driven team like that if you think about it in the finals, that Thunder team was young. Very young. Katie, Russ, James yeah. Harden, they weren't yet what yeah. they would become in this league. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, fair or not, this is a more powerful Warriors team than the one he faced last year and beat yeah. because they got Kevin Durant. Oh, no question. And I would even throw in that Boston team he couldn't get through when he was in Cleveland with the big three. Um, Garnett, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. As great as they were, that's three Hall of Famers. They weren't as good as this team because, like you said, they were toward the latter stages of their career. Twilight. Still kind of in their prime, but certainly toward the end. And this Warriors team, the fact is the Cavs are just overmatched. No question. Simply put, look, I've talked about I think Ty Lue should slow down the pace, but I don't even think that would work. I think that's your best opportunity, but I still don't think that would work. This is a team that's going to have four Hall of Famers. They got four players that have been all NBA. They've got two MVPs in their prime. Uh, arguably the best offensive team we've ever seen. One of the best maybe defensive teams. They don't have that big guy in the middle, but they still protect the rim. They block shots. They're long and athletic, can switch up. And I, I know you're not going to like this because you, you're from Detroit <laughs> or, or Michigan. But I think this is the best backcourt Ever. And, and I know Isaiah you know, Dumars would, would be second, I guess. At this point, I think it's fair, though. I think it's a fair determination to make because these guys are now at a championship level, potentially with two titles, Steph and Clay. You forgot, they got a finals MVP coming off the bench in Andre That's Iguodala, right. who spends time during these games guarding LeBron. I mean, think about the, the number of guys that the Warriors can deploy to guard LeBron James. So there's no question about the depth and talent of this Warriors team. The other aspect about the Warriors, to me, that makes them a completely different monster than anybody we've seen is because they're playing in an era 
where you can take a 27-foot shot and not have to get taken out the game and sit next to That's the coach. Right. Like, you talk to Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dubois, they laugh at you. They <laughs> ever thought they could have taken shots that Steph and Clay take, That's right. whether they could have made them or not. And, I, right. and I think the style and the pace and space era lends itself to this roster. You add Kevin Durant to that, it, it makes it uh, a completely um, untenable situation for you to try and beat them playing their style. That's, that's where I think the Cavaliers are, have really faltered in this series. The times, and it's been brief, it's been very brief stretches of this series so far, where they looked like they had some control yep. was when the game slowed down and they had to play in the half court. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Um, sometimes as a great, to win a championship or win whatever it is, you have to change your style. Absolutely. The Cavs say that they play fast. First of all, they don't. They were 16th in the league in pace, 16th in the league in fast break points. But even if you did play fast, to win this series, you got to play slow. And you can't be too stubborn not to change. I use some boxing analogies. Sugar Ray Leonard, when he fought Tommy Hearns, first time. Sugar Ray was a boxer. Hearns was out boxing him, so Sugar Ray became a slugger to win the fight, and he did. Ali, when he was going to fight Foreman, he was going to dance for 15 rounds, right, get him tired. Foreman was cutting off the ring too well against him, so he had to go to the rope-a-dope to win. So I think you have to not be too stubborn to change your style. Look, again, the Cavs probably wouldn't have won anyway, but that's hurting them. So they're going to lose this series, and I think get swept. I, I do too, but I think on this stage, you have to be willing to show the courage to step away from what it is you do best mm -hmm. and make that adjustment. And a lot of times, you get players, you get coaches with this scrutiny on them, and, and you, when you've done something as long as the Cavs have, think about it now. This is three years of them building towards trying to play a style that matches yes. the Warriors, yes. which to me is the folly of what they've done. They've gone out and tried to assemble a team that's going to outshoot the greatest shooting team of all time. It's like I would go the exact opposite. I would try and pound the Warriors as much as I totally could agree. and make Zaza Pachulia be the weak spot for them. Totally agree. And, and I, we know it's a copycat league, but I've been saying that. Cleveland used to be a, a hard-nosed defensive team, and Matthew Dellavedova isn't great. But they miss him a little Timo bit. Timo they change. Yeah, they change. And, like, you, they can't outshoot the Warriors. It's the best shooting team ever. I want to ask you this. I know we're going over the time for this question. Where do you – like, there's talk now about this being an all-time great team. What are your thoughts on that? Can you rank them or what, what do you think? I think first and foremost, obviously, they got to win this fourth game, yeah. win the championship, because that's the only time to me where we can start talking no about question. you being – you know, in the hierarchy of the greatest like teams the of all time. Like the 73 win team is Right. Of, uh, they didn't finish. Yeah. And, we, and we, a lot of us said that leading into that finals. As long as they finish it off, it validates the 73 right. wins. If they don't, that That's 73 right. is a footnote yep. on that season. Now, if you take the three-year stretch, the 73 wins, the championship the first year, now potentially an undefeated postseason, then I take that whole sandwich and start talking about it being one of the greatest three-year stretches yeah. that we've seen in league history. As an individual team, though, I, I keep coming back to this one thing that bothers me. Every, every other all-time great team would have a foil for this Warriors team. Kobe Shaq Lakers, Showtime Lakers, Kareem. that big man would always be there. Jordan's, you know, 96 Bulls, the 72-win team, they wouldn't have a great big man, but they would have two foils for the, for the Warriors' two best players. Yep. You'd have Michael Jordan and Scotty to match up with Steph yep. and Durant. So it's like... To me, they're in the conversation, and on paper, they're without question going to be at the top of that list because of the 16-0 if they do it. 
But if we had to put them all in a tournament, who's going to guard Shaq? Who's, like, who's going to guard Shaq? That, that is the huge problem. Number one, you can talk about the rules, okay? When 96 Bulls, the three-point line was 22 feet. Exactly. Those three years. I mean, can you imagine this team with a 22-foot <laughs> three-point line? He layups. Yeah, but you could hammer cats right. going to the rim. So when Steph's going to the rim, he's getting level. Getting... Not then, and do you keep going to the rim? It was more physical. You can hand check. But beyond the rules, like you said, there's no way they could guard Shaq. I, you can't even think about putting Draymond Green on Shaq. No. Same thing with Kareem. There's nobody that can stop his not sky. Show, not Showtime Lakers right? Kareem. Now, on the other hand, these guys are shooting three-pointers. Like, they're going to bring Kareem out maybe when yeah, they the go Yeah, the floor is defended totally to different yeah, in this so era. It's really hard to compare because of the, the way the game has changed. But um, the, other, the other part about it, too, that I always think about is there were no Patrick McCall's getting minutes. And no offense to, to Pat mm -hmm. McCall, but there were no guys like that that would get minutes yep, very in that era in the playoffs. Now, because of the way you play, the pace you play at, your rotation is much deeper yep. in the playoffs. I don't know if that guy gets on the court against the Byron Scotts and, and the, you know, the Michael, Michael Coopers, Coopers and these guys, and guys and has a chance yeah. to survive in a series. Like, but it's all theoretical. You're talking about taking ghosts, throwing them in the machine, and yep. trying to see how it plays out. Yep. All right, man, let's get to the next question. All right. Now, I, don't, I don't know how, how you feel about this, but do you think Cleveland lost game three or did Golden State win the game? I'm going to give it to Golden State winning it. Um, I know you can say Cleveland kind of fizzled down the stretch. They were outscored 11-0 at the end. But Golden State stepped up and made plays. You have to give them credit for what they did, especially Kevin Durant. He scored seven in that 11-0 stretch. And that's their shooting ability. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Cavs had open looks, too. Kyle Korver gets an open look in the corner. We know the corner three is Great the shortest three-pointer, right? Uh, J.R. Smith had a look at one point. Kevin Love missed the layup inside. LeBron missed, like, a 12-footer. Kyrie, from the same spot that he had the three-point shot last year, he missed step it. Back. He was short. Deeper but, step back this time. Yeah, a little much, deeper. Much more significant. Yeah. Yeah. But they missed those shots, whereas the Warriors stepped up and made them. And so I'm going to give the Warriors credit. I know the Cavs fizzled and made some mistakes. I think some mental errors. They didn't foul Draymond right. with, right. like, 20 seconds left. They waited for I don't know why and then fouled Kevin Durant, which is ridiculous. <laughs> he hits the two free throws, of course. So I think they definitely made some mistakes. But the Warriors are a superior team, and they made the shot. So I'm going to give them credit rather than just blame Cleveland. See, and I think a lot of the blame lies with Cleveland. They got fatigued. And they, they got out of the rhythm that they had been in, playing it a slowdown game, playing in half-court sets, putting the Warriors behind the eight ball in terms of trying to match them possession for possession. The minute they did that, Kyrie reverted to, to his habits. And I, I tweeted it during the game, and I believe this. When the adrenaline wears off in, a, in the finals atmosphere, you, re, you revert to whatever your habits are, whatever habits you've built. I'll say this now, and I'll say it. Forever. This Cavaliers team, for all that they did, they exhibited a ton of bad habits that have been built throughout the course of the season. And I think that's some of the residue of winning a championship. Yep. You come back and feel like, well, we can get away with some of the stuff we did because we won it last year without fixing these things. It came back to bite them in game three. You're talking about a lot of the ISO players. ISOs, like that? you know, laziness on defense. How many, you, how many times are you going to let Steph Curry and Klay Thompson 
get open exactly. on, on cross screens and, and running across the floor to get open for three-point shots. These guys, you're going to let them get open for three-point shots. I saw times where Kyrie or some other player would double on Zaza, <laughs> right, and leave Clay. And so you can I would say they should have stuck to Steph and Clay and Durant, no matter what. Don't go those help. Three. Make everybody else beat. Stick on those three. And I think you brought up a good play about the isolation play. LeBron and Kyrie are obviously great ISO players. And that whole previous era yeah. was an isolation bask. Kobe kind of dominated the ball. Dwayne Wade dominated the ball. Steve Nash, Chris Paul, they're still playing, but or Paul, they dominated the ball. The Warriors play team basketball. When you and I were coming up, we were taught the pass is quicker than the dribble. Can never, so it you wasn't, can never keep up with yeah, the pass. Yeah, don't over-dribble. Pass the ball, and that's what the Warriors do. So they're bringing team basketball, and I think when the talent is comparable, team basketball is going it's to be ISO that. basketball. Think, think about 2014 Spurs. Exactly. They, they came weren't back as talented and beat as that Miami they team. They weren't as talented. They came back and beat them. Shooting what, 48% from three? Yep. They just, they found a way to move the ball faster than the, the Heat's talent could move. Yep. And I think if you really look at the way LeBron plays, he facilitates. Even when he's playing ISO basketball, he's going to make the right pass. Yeah. You saw how many times he found the right guy for the shot that needed to be taken. Kyrie's one, his he's ISO is not the same thing. Yeah. His ISO is one on one for a shot. Now, Eight times out of ten, it ends up being Kyrie beating a bigger defender or a slower defender to the rim. Yeah. But when he's got to step back and take and make those big shots, he, he beat Steph f- for the game winner last yep. year. He couldn't beat Clay this time around for the game, for what should have been the game tying or game winning shot in game three. And I think that's because having to guard Steph and Clay and no Della Vadova or anybody right. to give you a break, you worn Takes down. Takes a toll. And your legs are gone on that jumper. So, all right. Let's move on. Look, Cleveland, we know down 0-3. Can you count LeBron James out at this point? You know, normally I wouldn't, but yes. <laughs> I see, I, I've seen 12 quarters of this series. He's, he's done any and everything a human being could do to keep his team in the game, and they have not been able to survive one time. Yeah. They got blown out in the first two games. Combined 40, what, 41 points. A game at home. At the queue with the crowd going crazy, and Kevin Durant ran up the floor and pulled up for a 28-footer and let it hang <laughs> on LeBron. That's right. Like, if that's not the kind of soul-crushing game three finish that just wipes the team out, I don't know what is. I, I'm counting him out this time, and it's really the first time I've done that in a long time, since, since the elbow tweets. <laughs> and back in his early, back when his elbow had a Twitter feed, right? <laughs> I'm not counting LeBron out since then. I, unfortunately, I'm counting him out this time. Now nah, I'm with you. I'm counting him out. I, look, I said before game three, I thought the Cavs were getting swept. I picked the Warriors in six before the series. After seeing those first two, I was like, they're getting swept. Yeah. This is a better team, and this is the problem. In addition to being overmatched, this is the problem the Cavs have. The Warriors remember what happened last year. They remember we gave up a 3-1 lead. And, heck, Kevin Durant did that, too, in Oklahoma City. So they're not going to let their foot off the gap. I don't think they come out and fool around and showboat and maybe Mm -hmm. just don't bring their A game on Friday. I think they bring their A game and they punish Cleveland. I think eventually they'll win by double figures. I think Cleveland will play relatively well in the first half, maybe parts of the third quarter, 
and gradually it'll get away from them because it's human nature. I mean, you know, this isn't last year. Nobody's <laughs> suspended. No. You know, and nobody's and he, hurt. Yeah. And Bogus not hurt. You don't have to worry about that. I think the other thing, Chris, and you got to factor this in, there is a subconscious nature of any human being when there's an, uh, a sense of in, inevitability. Like, if I'm, if I'm the Cavs and in my wildest dreams, I think, man, we got a chance to come back in this series. No offense to JR and his tweets. Well, I, I, okay, he said he didn't tweet it. He said somebody hacked him. You're not winning this series in seven. Nah. It's not, this is not that fairy tale. Nah. So you got to step into reality. And by halftime of game four, if you're the Cavaliers, you're not up 20. Yep. You got to be up. Huge. You got to be up. Your subconscious will not allow you to fake what you know is going on. You're going to get on that flight five hours and go back across the country. Just to get beat. To get smashed at Oracle. <laughs> why would you, you know, like, why, your, your inner being is not going to let you do that. You're going to go out with some pride. You're going to go out on your shield. But the Warriors are coming. Like, you saw the way Clay was shot hunting early in game yep. three. Yep. That let me know that the Warriors, they got 16-0 and 0 on the mind. They know, they know what's out there I for agree. them. I, and that, that six, look, you gave up. They feel like they gave away a yes. championship. And we can argue whether or not they did or not. I don't want to take anything from Cleveland. But the, you can't get that back. Even winning this championship will not give you back a title. You, you, they, they could be working on a 3 P Exactly. And they're not going to forget that. But the closest thing you can get to it is 16-0. Yeah. Now you can say, we didn't finish off the 73-win season. But now we coming back going 16 and 0. Nobody and we talked this. about all time this three year stretch. Man, you are gonna have to give them big time love for the postseason record for wins and, and the, the regular season. season. Absolutely. So all absolutely. Right. All right. The conversation has been brewing since Game One. Since, since Kevin Durant went out and got 38, 8 and 8 on LeBron, you got the shot now. Is it is it time to start talking about Kevin Durant being the best player? I know it's crazy being the best player in the world right now? I mean, look, the conversation is going to happen. I think sometimes we jump to conclusions when you win the finals. <laughs> yeah. I remember Paul Pierce, when they won it in 2008, he was the MVP, I believe, finals in those MVP. finals. And he played great. And he was saying he's the best player in the world. And I tweeted, or I something I, I said on TV or whatever, I don't know that Paul's in the top ten. And he, he, he texts me back, like, you ain't in my top ten local reporters, you know? <laughs> so, dude's taking first me. But we can't, that, this does not mean KD is the best player. I think it's going to happen because LeBron's in his 14th year, whether it happens in the 15th year, the right. 16th year, whatever. It's going that way. But right now, I thought we saw for the first 45 minutes of game three how LeBron was clearly still the best player in the world. I thought he was controlling the game. Not only he was scoring big, 25 points in the first half, but his passing. Yeah. He was setting it's all see, around, yeah. yeah, he was controlling the game in ways Durant can't. Durant can control it with his scoring. He's gonna make some good defensive plays. But LeBron does everything. Yeah. So I think he's still the best player in the world. I think there's a distinction. And and we need to start having a more nuanced conversation when we bring this stuff up. LeBron is without question the best player in basketball on the planet Earth. No player's location determines the outcome of a season right. the way LeBron's does. But if you're taking, you ask me, which guy do I want for this one game crunch time with everything on the line, I think Kevin Durant might rank ahead of LeBron in terms of a crunch time, cutthroat assassin, time. clutch performer 
I think if wow. he wins this wins this series in the way that it's played out, yep. it's going to be hard to keep him off of that. See, would, would you it, want the ball in his hands or LeBron's with 12 well, seconds left so in the game? Well, he got so much more to go to offensively. See, right. LeBron, as great as he is, he doesn't really have a go-to shot. I mean, he'll go to the rim and either get fouled or try to make a layup. He's hit three-pointers, but we know he's not a great three-point shooter. He's hit mid-range jumpers, but not a great jump shooter. He doesn't have that move. Durant is a tremendous jump shooter, and he can go to it. So I'm with you there. And here's the other thing, though, that I look at. Right now, and this is taking nothing away from Durant, it's so much easier for him. Yeah. He doesn't have the responsibility. Now, Absolutely. he had pressure on him because everybody was dogging him for going there. Yeah. And he's doing exactly what he had to do to get people off his back. Because I don't think people are going to criticize him after he leads no. them to a championship. Well, you can say whatever you want about him in a couple of days. It ain't going to matter. It, and, see, I do think that he had to come in this series and be at least a huge factor. Like, you had to not – I don't think – if they had won this – and he averaged 15, 17 points a game, and Clay and Draymond or Steph lead them. And win the finals MVP, that's different. Yeah. That's ring chase. You would exactly. But when you go to a team and you lead them, like, and when you say they wouldn't have won it without, without him. him. That's ring hunt. You can't exactly you can't get on him for that. But I think that he we saw it yesterday. The third quarter, I think he only had one point. He, was, he didn't do much. He was he was the very third he, yeah, he was very Behind the scenes in that yes. third quarter. But to me, that's also the beauty of what he does and how he does it because you saw with LeBron off the floor. Oh, I plus minus was what? 12. I scored by 12. For two and a half minutes. Right. With him on the court, completely plus seven. Yep. With Durant, his game is such that he can dial into just being a scorer, just being an assassin late in the game in ways that a guy as good as LeBron is, as great, all-time great as he is, like you said, he doesn't have – a go-to stretch yeah. where he can just make shots yeah. and get shots. Yeah. He's going to make the right plays, but I don't know if he's going to get shots. And to well, me, that's diff- that's what makes a difference. I think what you said, Durant can fit into a system because he's such a good shooter. He can move without the ball. LeBron becomes the system, which right. is a that's tremendous a compliment. But every like if LeBron went to this Warriors team instead of Durant, they got to change the way they play. They told exactly yeah. they don't play this way. They told totally, now they'd be great superstar. Exactly, he'd be penetrating, kicking the staff, kicking the clay. But it wouldn't be this style of play. So I, I feel you on that. But I still got LeBron <laughs> as the best player. All right, J.R. Smith, you mentioned earlier, tweeted Cavs in seven after last night's game. Now he says he was hacked. He told the Cleveland Plain Dealer newspaper, I'm smarter than that. So he he says he didn't do it. Do you believe JR? <laughs> this JR. We need some truth serum now. I need, <laughs> I need a lie detector or whatever that stuff is Jack Bauer used to inject. He done people done with. some like, things we, to make you think he wasn't yeah, hacked, like, right? Uh, yeah, he's had he had some moments during the game last night. <laughs> and it would let me believe that he wasn't hacked. I think you have to say that whether you Tweet it or whether you just say it in the locker room amongst the other guys that we're not going out like this. We're going, you know, but you don't let the Twitter fingers get to it. And if if he got hacked, somebody should be in trouble. Like He should be putting somebody on front street. Go ahead and snitch this one time mm-hmm. to make sure we don't think it's you because it looks like you're standing there with the, the Twitter symbol over your head like, J.R., you know you tweeted this. You See, I, I, now here's where we differ. I don't, I don't know whether he was hacked or not, but I don't mind the tweet. Now, I'm not saying it's the best look, right. but I want you to think that. I want that to be your mentality. I want every player in that Cavs locker room, and it's not going to happen, but those <laughs> 12 or 15 or whatever, however many players they have, 
they have to be thinking Cavs in seven. Right. That we are going to win this game in seven. They beat us four straight times. If they can do that, then we can beat them four straight times because I include the regular season game. Right. Um, they did it last year as far as coming back from a 3-1 deficit. That has to be the mentality. So i got to be honest, I wouldn't even be mad at Jr. I'm sure somebody, if he did tweet it, got in his ear like, yo, man. <laughs> what, what are you doing? But what's what? You think you're making the Warriors mad? They want to pummel you no matter what. Well, Draymond said it. They want exactly. to annihilate the Cavs. So I, if I'm the Cavs, I'm upset about that. They said they're coming in here, going to annihilate us, and then they, we're going to let them do it in our house. The, but the problem is, the, to me, again, this is about what I was talking about in habits. You build the proper championship habits. Nobody is. That ain't one of them. Nobody's. <laughs> Getting hacked in, in the other locker room. You know, this is something to me, nobody's showing up on the hoverboard for the finals game. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying? That's like, right. That's right. That's I, right. I love you, JR. That's right. Yeah, it's, a, it's a Smith family thing. You know, we all related. <laughs> but this time, we're going to have to leave you out. You, you, know? you know what's interesting is last year who was having the Twitter problems? The <laughs> yeah. Warriors. Yeah. And it wasn't the play, but uh, Steph's wife. Exactly. Tweeting about the game being rigged yes. and the finals out. So, Twitter is dangerous, man. Twitter it, is the devil. Yeah. You better be careful. <laughs> it can get you in the finals. <laughs> yeah, but I, look, I, I want that mentality, though. You no got question. to believe we can win games. Before seven, we open the locker room doors and, and we walk in to do our business, that better be the last thing out of somebody's mouth is that we, we're not going out like this. Yep. We're going to win this and say, even if you know it's not going to happen. Yeah. That's, that's the rallying cry. It ain't going to happen. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, how long this conversation will last because it's going to be talked about all summer if the Warriors finish this off. But do you think if you had to match them up virtual reality-wise, you put this 2017 Warriors team on the court right now against the 96 Bulls, are, they, are, they, are the Warriors a better team top to bottom than that 96 Bulls? As I said earlier... The rules are such a big part of this. Back in 96, you know, you could hammer people when they went to the, to the lane. So Jordan was, was risking his, I don't want to say life, but risking his health every time he went to the hole, right? So imagine Steph doing that. That, that changes the dynamic. You could hand check. So Jordan and Pippen could kind of direct. Yeah. They were so strong, especially Jordan. They could almost direct guys where they could go. When they're guarding them, you can't do that anymore. You put those rules into place, and I think the Bulls certainly have a, an advantage. However, as I said earlier, the, that was a year where the three-point line, instead of being 23-9 like it is now, it was 22 feet. That's how it is in the corners. So it was that way all around. So these Warriors would be drilling threes like it's nobody's business. Obviously, if you play today's rules, you can't touch, you can't. Right. Hand check, that's a benefit to the Warriors. I, I just cannot – look, those Bulls, you could have had Jordan, Pippen, Harper was a good defender, Dennis Rodman, Rodman. on Draymond. I, I like Rodman in that. You obviously have um, Winnington or Luke Longley. Whoever, it didn't matter, yeah. But Tony Kukoc would play a big part in that Huge. Series because he would play a lot more. He was a good shooter. He's your Iguodala. Yeah, exactly. And, you, and when they go small, now you got Kukoc with that group – so I think they could guard them a lot better than this Cavaliers team. I can't find it in my heart, I'm going to be honest, to bet against Michael Jordan. Because once he started winning, he, he never lost. And when you, when you think about it in your heart of hearts and you know what kind of competitors they were, I don't care what the rules are. I know Michael Jordan was a competitor of the highest order. 
without peer, yeah. as far as as no far question. as I can tell. It's competitive. Yeah. I can't I cannot imagine him getting to a finals against anybody and allowing himself to be outworked. Whatever the rules, as great as Steph and KD and these guys are. And this is what cracks me up when people talk about Jordan. Either I'm getting too old, <laughs> you know, because, you know, I got teenage sons that act like the NBA started when yeah, Kobe yeah, got yeah, in the league. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm always trying to tell them, like. It's a lot of reporters like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, listen, they played ball before Twitter and Instagram. Like, trust me, I never saw Jordan get done the way some of these current stars who are winning championships, who have lost them. Thinking about it now, this Warriors team, for all the greatness they're showing us now, this is the same team that lost a 3-1 lead right. last year. Jordan never even played a game seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't dismiss that. I can't dismiss the Bulls championship medal just because this is fresher in my mind yeah. than what they did in 1990. Nah, I, I'm with you. I, 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 so I, I go with Jordan. I can't bet against him. I will say this. I don't, I don't think Jordan beat a team in the finals that was this good. Right. Because I think Jordan dominated an era – where most great teams had one, maybe two superstars. You know, the big, you had a big three era in the 80s, but he didn't beat those teams, whether right. it was Detroit, Boston, or the Lakers. And then, you know, look at the teams. Lakers in 91, his first title, you had Magic and Worthy Hall of Famers. Right. Then and after that, Drexler in Portland, Barkley in uh, Phoenix, Gary Payton, Payton in Seattle, yeah. although you had Sean, Sean Kemp, who was great at that time. And then Stockton and Malone in Utah. This is a team that I think if they keep winning, they're going to have four Hall of Famers. And so this is in big three era. I do think the teams LeBron is facing now, whether it was the Spurs we kind of talked about, even the big three uh, Celtics, I think they're better than the teams Jordan beat. Now, I don't think LeBron's better than Jordan, but I do think he's facing tougher opponents. I think he's facing tougher opponents. I don't know that the competition is different, but somebody – put this to me and gave me an analogy that I really think about this. Do you think your iPhone 7 would work better than your flip phone? And I was like, yeah. He was like, well, what would make you think that the, the evolution of the game wouldn't provide for better players, players now than it did 20, 30 years ago? And I thought, I don't know if you can make that comparison because the greatest car in 1996 will be comparable to whatever the greatest car is now. It's just a different it quality. Depends on the, but yeah, the for the time, the top, the top of the line, whatever it is, is still the top of the line, whatever. Yeah. The problem would be, to me, is the style. Could, the, could Dennis Rodman, could Scottie Pippen, could they play out on the floor in different ways, away from the basket, on defense especially, the way you would need to to defend this Warriors yeah. team? Because I just don't know the dimensions of the court and the way you have to defend if the Bulls will be as effective defensively against a team of this. I think ultimately, on both sides, they would adjust to, like, people talk about LeBron. Would he go to the hole when they could hammer you when you drove? He would adjust. And I think the Bulls, if playing in this era, would have to adjust. I think Jordan, Pippen, Alden would be better three-point shooters because you have to work on it more. And I think Steph and them would get used to getting fouled hard when you go to the basket. So I think great teams maybe Steve Kerr, adjust. Maybe a Steve Kerr would have shot the lights off. He would have been a great shooter. He would have had trouble being on the floor, though. He wouldn't have been able to guard I know, Exactly. I don't know how he's defending. <laughs> but, uh, but I hear I will say this about today's players versus yesteryear. I do think the players, they're clearly more athletic. Yeah. They shoot better. Especially they take much better range. care of their bodies. Exactly. Year-round, condi- no you know what I mean? Question. You're not no worrying question. about Rodman coming in shape. 
Exactly. You know, Draymond, they show up in shape. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's and I think handles are better largely because they let you carry. You know, I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's ridiculous the way they carry, but they, they let them, they have better handles. Last question. Have the Warriors become Durant's team? And if so, what does that mean for Steph and his legacy? Yeah, you, yes. And I thought this before, before Durant went down and missed 20 games. I was writing. I do the MVP ladder every week during the season for the last three years on NBA.com. And I was taking a lot of heat from fans. How could you possibly have Kevin Durant in your top three for MVP when he went and joined a 73-win team? And I'm like, yo, he went from the Thunder to the Warriors and instantly became the best player on far and away the best team regular season-wise in the league. Why would he not transfer from the same spot he had with Oklahoma City to that spot with the Warriors? It, it has to be his team. And when they recruited him, they recruited him as such. Yes, right. When Steph deferred to him all throughout the first half of the season, that was the goal. So when you got to game three of the finals and you needed somebody to close out the business, Kevin Durant would feel empowered to do that. This, yeah. this is calculated. And give credit to Bob Myers and those players in Golden State for having the, the ability to suppress their own ego and allow him to step into that space on that team because we talk about how something would have went down in the previous era. What superstar would have gave up his spot? What two-time oh, yes. MVP, unanimous MVP, would have stepped aside yeah. for another great player to come and do what Durant has done for this Warriors team? I don't think there's any doubt it's his team. And I think Steph's fine with that because Steph is going to be shimmying with, with another dog. ring. Yep. And, and, I th- and many rings to come. Exactly. And I think that is bigger for the Warriors than any individual honor. The fact that they're going to be a championship outfit for years to come. I'll say this. I think Durant's their best player. I think that's pretty clear. You know, especially all-around player. I do think that Steph may be their most important player. Maybe. Because, obviously, his plus-minus is off the charts. I think he's the best in the league. But you mentioned earlier when he was deferring to KD. And they weren't, they were great, but they weren't what they are now. And when KD went out with the injury, Steph kind of reemerges, that old Steph. And the great thing for them is that when KD came back, he stayed, stayed the old way. Steph. So, yeah, Durant's leading them to the finals championship. He's the leading scorer. But Steph is playing with that old swagger. He's taking those crazy shots. But I think that's critical for them. Yeah. I think they have to play loose. He has to feel like he can take any shot he wants. Because KD can get his on fewer shots. He can get his without them necessarily running a lot of stuff for him. And he can contribute more defensively and stuff like that than Steph can. Yeah. So offensively, I think they have to kind of run through Steph. Because KD going to get his, his anyway. But um, I think I think the other part about it we need to make sure we point out to is the culture of the Warriors organization in the in the way that that's Steph. Yes. And that doesn't change yes. with Durant. Yes. Because their best organic homegrown talent, the guy they crafted this whole thing around. Great point. Has the has the humbleness about him that he would allow for Clay, Draymond, or anybody else to step up and lead and be the face of what they have going on. 
Right. We couldn't get that from every star in this no, league right now. A lot of stars, a lot most of stars won't do it. They would have been like, man, I I'm don't good. want to I'm not begging. Here. Think about it. What What have you heard from some of these other players around the league? I'm not begging somebody yep. to come play That's with right. me. That's right. That's right. That's different. That's right. That's right. And and, and I'll say this too. Um, like we said, Durant's the best player, but I don't think it. I don't think the players are so concerned about it, and I don't think. We, as intelligent basketball people, have to be concerned or label it so-and-so's team. Like with Magic and the Showtime Lakers, was it Magic's team or was it Kareem's? I mean, Magic was the face with the smiling. Some players will tell you Kareem, Kareem was the was most important. the one important. who set the tone. No yeah, question. like I, when you have great Hall of Famers that fit together – I don't know that you have to label it. Sometimes it'll happen because one player is clearly better. Bird, Isaiah in Detroit, you know. But I think that, you know, Moses and Dr. J. Right. Dr. J didn't have to take second, you know, play second fiddle, even though Moses, Moses was kind of the leader. The yeah. You know what it is? History will, will tell us, and we're going to need some distance from this, but it's going to be in how we remember these teams. You, you said it, the Showtime Lakers. The big three Celtics, yep. the bad boys Pistons, the Jordan Bulls. Jordan is really the only one who gets he his name in the market. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> is the reason. I, I, I mean, obviously at times you said it was so-and-so's team. But for the most part, that started with Jordan. Because it was always every team his team. Had, exactly. Every team had to the be The Shaq and Kobe Lakers. Team. Yeah, that's a great I mean, point. think about how we identify these teams 10, 20 years later. Yeah. That's going to tell us. So when we talk about this team in 20 years and we talk about the whatever Warriors, are yeah. we going to say the Steph KD Warriors or the, you know, the big four the Warriors? The big four Warriors. Whatever. That will tell us whose team it yeah. was more so than anything we, we think or talk about in the moment. Yeah, and I just think Steph should not get short shrift no. or, or criticized because Durant is their best player. Not like at it, all. I don't think, in fact, I don't think it'll tarnish his legacy by any means, he's going to win more rings. I mean, this will be two. He may have four or five rings by the time he's done, if not more, and he can go down as one of the greatest players of all time. I've said – I said last year when he was in the middle of the regular season, that great run, that he – I think Isaiah Thomas is the best small player ever. Yes. I think Steph – I said Steph could challenge him for that. If he wins these rings, even if Durant's the best player on the team, several rings, he, he's going to pass Isaiah as that. He's going to pass Isaiah and AI yep. and anybody else that was in that category because of the number of rings and the fact that he shoots it better than anybody we've ever seen. And I think that will separate him in, in the final analysis. That will separate him from his other all-time greats. But I always say it, Chris, when you're trying to parse the greatest – of all the greats, when you're talking about Rushmore and, yep. you know, that small conversation of players who, who fit in that discussion of who's the greatest fault, there have to be some, some ways to differentiate between the greatest of the greats. And that's when you start getting into the minutia of championships, shooting percentage. You start nitpicking little things that makes one guy greater than the other one. Yep. Nobody is ever going to give up their spot in that conversation. I've talked to enough of these guys to <laughs> know they all want in. That's right. That's but right. that's our job. That's yep. what we do. Yeah, you know, to come back historically and put it in some kind of context. Yeah, nah, you're right. Look, man, great conversation, great Always. knowledge. I really Always. enjoyed it, and thank you for tuning in to In the Zone. And if you don't know, now you know.
That's it for today's show. Please don't forget to subscribe to In The Zone on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. And tell us what you think in the comments. See you next time. Peace. Yeah. I'm in my zone. Yeah. I'm in my zone.